0: Yo what's going on guys, welcome back to the channel, in today's video we're doing episode 6 of the Bot Talk with Kurti Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank you guys so much for the support on the previous episodes on the website and on Twitter The website will be linked down below as usual And in today's video we have another sponsor by Notify Proxies You'll find all their socials down below and if you use the discount code on screen right now You'll get a discount on your purchases, I highly recommend you guys check them out They're very very nice proxies we're going to jump into the episode, let's do this. On today's episode of the Bot Talk, we have Kurti e from Cyber CyberAIO and Pings. He has accumulated over 24,000 followers across all social media accounts, such as Pings, whilst covering proxies, servers, slots, and middleman services, and above all, else, the group that is very well known within the community. Today, we're going to find out how Kurti e built a path for himself, led him to being part of one of the biggest bot teams, and being successful at reselling within the community. So jumping straight into the first question that we ask all our guests on the show, how how did you discover reselling?
1: Um, I got into reselling when I was about 15, 16 because of Supreme. Mm-hmm. I wanted a cap, and I never knew that things resold. So I bought a cap on Depop for like fifty-five pounds, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's extortion for a cap!" Mm-hmm. So I got into, it for, I joined like the basement on Facebook and Supreme talk, and then it went from there and got just more and more involved.
0: Ah, uh, I see. That's that's interesting because most guests on the show do actually discover the flip side of reselling first. That's tens- what it is, man. Yeah, so you actually went to the consumer side, figured out that ah, okay, that's interesting because that's obviously, weird, yeah, yeah, most most people uh, find the selling side first and then go into the flipping side. But obviously, you went the other way around, so that is pretty interesting. I guess it works both ways, and obviously. Uh, the the industry that we are in reselling is pretty profitable so those prices tend to be up there but that is yeah. pretty interesting. I think uh one of the most non-talked about things on the show so far is actually Facebook groups. Those yeah. are those are pretty powerful in my well, opinion. But
1: they were huge man. Like back when I first started like Basement had like about two thousand like two thousand members. And now it's got what like eighty five thousand, ninety thousand like yeah. crazy how they blossomed out of nowhere. And then even basement now have like the endorsement of Nike Converse, like that's huge moves for a group on Facebook.
0: Yeah, exactly, like just the functionality of creating a group on Facebook, adding users to it, has just like blossomed into something that big. Just by, literally by word of mouth and the dedication of people wanting to create money, which is
1: 100%, yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, so moving on to the next questions. Obviously you discovered reselling, you discovered uh, the opportunity that was there. What was one of the main motivations to continue to pursue reselling?
1: Well, There's always two things. Number one, everyone will say this, it's money. Obviously, it's finance. And then number two was the idea of having these items that other people can't grab. Because where I'm from in my, in my town, it's like no one wears Supreme or, you know, like, street brands. So it was having like just being unique and having things that no one else has in the area, mm-hmm. as opposed to just wearing the same old high street brands. So that was the one the biggest parts to it all.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like that is uh, one thing that people outside the community will understand. Obviously, the money part every basic human can understand, but the second part of having uh, an item that isn't retailly sold,
1: hard to and, obtain
0: yeah, it's hard to obtain. So obviously, adds more value, the sentimental value. Because to be honest, going down to the fundamentals of copying item, there's always a story behind each one. Like most of the stuff I have, if I look at the item, obviously, like okay, I did this so and so to get this yes. item.
1: And you always was, know like where you were and like why you bought it, which is it's crazy. Having that kind of like mentality about an item.
0: Yeah. And obviously that is one of the main factors as to why people do do reselling and obviously continue to buy items for personal and reselling. And obviously, like we touched upon in the first question, money is definitely a big motivation. Obviously, some people look down upon people uh own motivations being money in business.
1: Uh, you know, everyone everyone's out there trying to make money to try and justify, you know, make, like, go on vacations, buy nice things, you know, get a mortgage, get a car, like, why I bought it, you know, <laughs> like,
0: everyone yeah. wants money. Yeah, money is how, obviously, that phrase, that money makes the a world, a world go around, that is obviously uh, Wonderful. Is one of the main phrases that comes to reselling. But going on to the third question, how did you bridge the gap between going from a regular person that does reselling to utilising automation software such as bots to go for these
1: items? Well, um, basically, I oh, what, what I think it was uh check me out. It was like a Chrome mm-hmm. extension, and um, it was like a free Chrome bot, and I used that on the Bogo in twenty sixteen, and it got me my first box logo. So uh. <laughs> that was like that was huge. Like that was like, oh my god, I've got a box logo. This is fucking crazy. And then from there, I, obviously, you find I, you find out that all these sites like IDAS Shopify um, Supreme Party, you know everything is botable and then you get it's like a rabbit hole you go down it and then before you know you're involved too heavily like mm-hmm. on the um, Reddit and whatnot I was on there that was how I found Discord actually but um, yeah on Reddit there was like um, the soma script for IDAS it was like a free mm-hmm. um, it was a bot with um, Apache it was, <laughs> and I used used to use that on um, IDAS to get Yeezys so that was crazy too that, that's for back a good few years.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to compare what you just said to how bots work now. Obviously, But yeah. at the moment you have people investing tens of thousand pounds. You have social media
1: brandings. You have uh, yeah.
0: pre visit followings, beta phases, alpha
1: phases. Uh, there was only A and B and B on the market, and then heat mm-hmm. snakes. There was there was not much like range out there. It just free bots, and that's literally how it was for a long time, long long time. Until like Dash came along and Officer Cyber and you know Y Cop and um, Supreme Slayer, all of them just out of nowhere came out, mm-hmm. and that set the standard for the day's market for bots.
0: Yeah, obviously I wasn't in the game back then. I was doing my own thing. I was uh, on social media markets and such. But yeah. before I before I actually came to buying, one of the main things in business that I know from people is that some people don't have the confidence to go out and create one of the top products and compete with people. Yeah. But one thing that obviously, from what I've learned from what you just said, is progressively as time went through, I think people took that motivation, took that confidence to create yeah, products.
1: That's how it was. Everyone just came out of nowhere and just thought, well, we'll try, you know, we'll learn this, we'll learn that, and we make, like, I'm living out of it. Yeah. Which is nice, like, because now I see kids, like, 15, 14, 13, code and box, like, that's impressive. You know, being that young and having like the mentality to go out there and learn like a new skill that would benefit them in 10 years time, 15 years time that's a career path. Like, that's you no, know, that's, that's great. That's what should be happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Moving on to the next question. Now, obviously we talked about these bots and how exactly you went from using bots through Reddit, through social media, like really scripts as to say, how did you discover cyber AI?
1: And basically, I am. Um, I used to um, I do design work full time, freelancing, and that was like my only income growing up. I was like, a late teen, a twenties. Like that was like how I paid rent and you know all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I started like offering bots, um, my design services for like for license keys and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I met Cyber through that, and that was when Lucas did the um, it was the SNS script and the store script. So that's like it was all Python based. It was a long, long time ago. So yeah, like I messed up through the old like Python scripts back when I was doing design work full-time. So that was like about two years ago or so now, I think.
0: Ah, I see. So initially when you did do work for Cyber AIO, you were purely just a designer at the time?
1: Yeah, yeah, just like outsourced designer basically,
0: yeah. Okay, so one question that I want to add in here. How did you progress from being a designer for Cyber AIO? to going into one of the most well known staff members and being a PR
1: for yeah. Cyber I.O. Um basically um Lucas saw that I was selling stickers. I was basically I was one month I was broke as fuck man and I was like trying to get rid of like all my stream stickers so I can just have a bit more money for the weekend and whatnot. And Lucas like well I'll hire you to be PR. And I was like what? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, fuck it man. Yeah I'll do it. And then from there it just that was how it was man. Yeah. It just it was out of nowhere.
0: I uh, see so it's kind of one of those opportunities as they come it wasn't exactly like yeah. so I, okay well that is obviously good of him to do because that kind of manifested what what we are in today and to be honest I don't think cyber will be where it is or
1: where it was without you being PR's oh, obviously man, yeah, I appreciate that man that's nice being said
0: yeah, yeah obviously I bet thousands of people gonna agree obviously you are one of the me- most heavily impacted uh, elements of cyber AIO so uh, oh, Thank you, thank you. <laughs> No problem <laughs> Going on to the next question. In the early days of Cyber AIO, obviously being recruited to a team, being part yeah. of a family or something that big, what were some of the learning curves that you actually encountered when you started working uh, for them?
1: Back then, like, I didn't have that much knowledge on servers, <laughs> like all the, the core aspects of botting, I didn't know much about. So from that, it was like a huge learning curve of learning cyber, learning the software, learning how to use it properly, and then teaching other people in the same boat as I was to also use it, probably. So, obviously, it was a big learning curve doing all that, and it's off of scratch, too. So, and the amount of kids you have to teach who are like literally 12, 13, 14 year old. Mm-hmm. So, you got like mm-hmm. laying things down drastically so they understand you. Mm-hmm. So, that was the hardest part, I guess. But apart from that, it was, it comes naturally, does it? Like, it's one of them things, man.
0: Yeah. I think it's uh, progressive learning and adaptive learning. It's like, oh, you, yeah. Yeah. You just, like obviously, it's human nature to adapt to everything. But I think uh, with bots specifically, the more you use, the more experience you get, and the more times you say something to someone, um, it kind of it kind of just gets ingrained in. But uh, speaking on one of the biggest questions of today's show, at what point did you decide to get a logo tattooed
1: of cyber on you? Um, it was like a running joke in the in the stuffs um, the um, stuff Discord and cyber, because mm-hmm. I was getting a titled, I was getting my right hand done on that day, on my knuckles. So whilst I was there, I said, well, I oh, got yeah, the cyber logo on my phone and Luke so I wouldn't do it. So I thought, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> and that, that, that's how it was, man,
0: yeah. I see, so it was kind of like a joke at first and then obviously uh, you just, it kind of just went into
1: doing it for real and... Thing, yeah. And plus like with tattoos, more case of, if they like, you'd want to like look back and be like, well, I got that tattoo for that reason. You know, it's a memory. It's like it's a good time in my life. I like, yeah. do what I do now, so I want to actually, like remember that in the future.
0: Yeah, I definitely think obviously getting a cyber, a cyber tattoo for reflecting a certain uh, period of life was a good. Not, I wouldn't say like I wouldn't uh, push people to do it, but yeah,
1: please don't do that now. Yeah, this yeah. is like full like <laughs> PSA: Do not do it, please. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like deep waters because you don't want to tell people to do it. But at the same time, if like someone to meet you and be like, okay, this is the logo of a company that I yeah, work
1: for. It's crazy, man. Like we get like tickets and DMs all the time saying, if I get the logo on my leg or my arm, can I get a free copy? The answer will always be no. Please do not do it. Like, I, I beg you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think this whole bot tattoo idea only would work for people that have contributed to it for a long amount of time because Personally, if I were to get, like, a tattoo off-site, let's say I got the offer to actually get a key, like you just said, I don't think I would, just because of the fact that... 5K, of
1: course I would. <laughs> See, it,
0: well, there is the financial part to it. But then, at the same time, like, 20 years down the line, I'd be looking at the tattoo and be like, okay, I only did that for 5K. <laughs> but then, yeah, 20, okay. down, 20 years down the line, like, let's say if your kid comes up to you and says, okay, what's that tattoo for? You'd be like, okay, for X amount of time, I did this, and that's where it's from. So it's kind of... Kinda of has a story to it.
1: It's nice to look back, I guess, but yeah. it's, it's hard to explain what it is like, because it's just so much. Anyone else who's like not involved, like, had a stupid decision to make, you know. But yeah. again, remember, you look back like I did it because I wanted to do it. Like, why not? Yeah.
0: Speaking on uh, looking forward and looking into the future, when you first joined Cyber, did you ever see Cyber growing into the brand it is today?
1: that's weird like looking back now like we always saw the motivation and determination in lucas like obviously him had been a kid but not a kid like a young adult Mm -hmm. um him being how he was like always pushing himself and working hard like it was one of the things where we knew at some point because there there wasn't much competition back then so seeing him blossom and get better and better and better we knew something was going to happen with him but Mm -hmm. i didn't think it would be in this industry i thought he'd mature and realize there's more to it than sneakers you know mm. but what he's made from cyber is crazy like you know like how big it is and like how stable it is and like it's the full create path for him now which is amazing
0: yeah like the thing that blows my mind isn't he like 16 or 17
1: uh he, sorry lucas uh he's 17 <laughs>
0: see that blows my mind because i turned 17 in two months and like <laughs> yeah that just just to like put that into perspective that someone my age is making X amount of money.
1: They're, yeah, I, I wish I know if I knew how much he made, I'd probably be jealous. Put that way, but I've got no idea how much he makes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, people yeah, can man. estimate through like copies, but obviously he's making yeah. a very very good amount for a seventeen
1: year old. Yeah,
0: definitely. Well, obviously owning a bot and making X amount of money is a very commendable thing of him to do, and obviously that that that'll literally go down as one of the best periods. Of someone's life, making that much money oh, at a young age,
1: hundred percent, yeah, man. Like, cause right now, you can sell like he's he's being very mature over it all and he's set himself up for the future, so yeah. he's stable for like the good five, ten years of his life, which is amazing to be like hit your late twenties, but mm-hmm. flexibility—that's no, that's that's what you need in in twenties. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, wicked man.
0: Yeah, he he's pretty much so. But focusing more back onto you, just for a second, obviously joining Cyber created a bunch of paths for you it kind of uh helps you financially helps you your personal life create all these contacts all these friends with the community but on the other side of the coin what were some of the negative impacts it had on you or your life from getting all this popularity and all these opportunities
1: um just all the constant dms you know the typical like where my social media even my facebook is spammed and i i don't really care like i'm not not asked Mm-hmm. But when people like DM my family, you I, mean, I know I like my relatives and it, it's a bit like, you know, like, come on, like what are you doing? Like DM my mom saying restock is not gonna do football, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> but um apart from that man, like yeah, like it's basically okay. Like often made a lot of friends and a lot of big names, my like I know friends like you know, Darren Eggins and whatnot, and Tommy from FIFA Lads, Toby, all of them guys and Soul Sorcerer, you know, Michael from Notify, the Express Boys. You know, I've made like a lot of friends who were like quite big in this industry, Mm -hmm. all because of cyber, you know, which is great because it's helped me like make Pikachu better than what it could be Mm -hmm. because of the contacts, and that kind of thing, so it's wicked.
0: Yeah, obviously that is a positive thing to see and uh, in a way you can, if you, like what you just said, you have friends from different organisations, you can actually actually kind of see how cyber is kind of the centre of it all and it's kind of like split off into like branches of
1: contacts and people which is... So, man, like, I wouldn't be where I am now in this game with both Cyber and Lucas,
0: 100%. Yeah, I feel like that is one of the most dominating factors for people in this scene. I mean, yeah. But moving on to the next question, on a positive note, on the other side of the coin, what are obviously some of the positives that you have yet to mention Sova?
1: Um, Obviously, just like, I think the best thing is, is when I can go anywhere in the world, and I'll always have someone there to meet me for a pint or to get food or to show me some good spots like which is that's incredible man like the amount of times where i've tried to get reservations for a restaurant and i can't get them and then i'll have someone in my dm saying there you go it's sorted like some random stranger like it's wicked like it's amazing that help like, i get help from random people just because they know why i'm online which is you know i know it's really appreciative like by a long shot but yeah it's, that's probably one of the biggest perks of it all
0: yeah, I definitely do think that, um, obviously, the only way that I most people can see this as is if you have, a, like, a celebrity status. And to be honest, this community, it's a decently big side. but I feel like in the inner, inner circle of this community, there's a lot of very, very genuine people. Just- oh, definitely. Like, Michael
1: and the best boys, man. Like, oh, let me go, guys, 100%.
0: Yeah, like, I definitely think that, obviously, like you said, you can go anywhere and you can always have guidance and help from people. I feel like that is one of the dominant things within the botting community that obviously people overlook sometimes, but uh, that is obviously a nice thing to see.
1: Well, in this game, like, everyone's, like, hidden behind personas and the alliances and stuff, like, and that bothers me why people hide behind, like, you know, like, these usernames that don't show who they are. Like, why not? Like, you know, just, I think I'm very open with who I am online, like i obviously everyone knows I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, I think that's probably why like it's weird for me because I've been so just that I tried not caring about people knowing who I am and you know, all my, my social medias, you know like all that kind of stuff. Because everyone's so hidden and reclusive about all.
0: Yeah, I definitely think uh on a level people can like relate to you on a level. I think uh people can obviously take a look into your life and be like, okay, he does this, this and this and he's successful in this, this and this. So I feel like there's that relatability there. Yeah, I definitely.
1: Yeah, man, I reckon so anyway, but I hope
0: so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like that is one of the dominating factors as well as cyber as to why you're so popular up in the community because you're open. And obviously, we've talked about this on Michael's episode as well. If anyone's out there that is struggling with uh, being more open, at the end of the day, it's it is your life. You can You can choose what you want to do.
1: i understand separating your online persona to your actual real life like kind of mentality it's two different contrasting worlds and some people don't want their online side of them branched off into the real world and vice versa which i do understand
0: okay well we've talked about cyber we've talked about your whole type of upbringing in the community now moving on to more of a current current topic in the community and that is restocks now for anyone out there who doesn't know what restock is and you guys are simply watching this just to get to know the community. Essentially, a restock is where a group, a product, or service brings more of its products to the public face and the customers can go ahead and buy it. So whether it's a bot, whether it's access to a group, you basically go for it for access to that bot or group. Now, the biggest topic at the moment regarding restocks is the perfect formula. Now, loads of different groups, loads of different bots do different ways of doing this. Now, my question is for today's guest, what, in their opinion, is the best formula for restocking any type of service or what?
1: Oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well first of all no matter what you do you can't impress everyone like there's always going to be someone who's going to be upset or pissed off about the way you've done things so you can't win no matter what so maybe people get really annoyed over salary stocks or any people off of that matter you have to understand that the teams are trying their hardest to make it as fair and as stable as possible but you know, it, it's difficult, man. Like, obviously. But I think the, mo- the the best way to do it and the most fair is a raffle. Like, could like I do a good method? And so sort did of Dash. Um, obviously, with cyber, it's just it's one of them things, man. Like, the way we do it works, you know, and it's fair. It's fair from come, fair served, you know. It's it was, If you're fast, you're fast. You've got it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's one of them things, man. It, obviously, internet connection affects things and whatnot. So a raffle is pretty fair in my eyes.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, like we just talked about Cyber, Cyber, in my opinion, and obviously people can disagree with me if they want, hosted one of the best restocks today and probably will be in this community for a very I long give, time.
1: give a shout out to Neil for that. That's C I P H O R E. He made that restock up. That was all him alongside Lucas and what? Um, that was a unique <laughs> restock, to put it in, mm-hmm. in a nice way. But yeah, man, like, we were all kept in the dark, so only them three knew about the restock. So yeah. when that happened, I shit myself. I'm fucking playing Pac-Man now. Like, what's going on? <laughs> but yeah, it was crazy, man.
0: Yeah. Guys, what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to drop his tweet down below in the description. Go ahead and follow him. Go ahead and at him and uh, thank him for the restock. It was amazing. If you guys were there to actually experience it, let me tell you something. I have a recording that I've yet to upload, and it's just like everyone's everyone was just screaming because, like, you, like it is put into perspective how many people went for cyber. There was over 40,000 people on that live
1: Yeah, on the stream itself, at one point, we were number nine in the world for streams. Yeah. Like, that's, that's that's incredible, man. A bot like, company on Twitter was number nine in the world on Twitch. Like, for fucking hell, like, <laughs> what is that?
0: That, that whole moment, like despite me wanting to go get cyber so I could actually use it, I didn't even want to sell it. Like, it's it just kind of puts into perspective that like, how many people are truly in the community and how many people... Yeah. Because obviously, you can go ahead and look at people's tweets and impressions, that, that will only tell you such a thing. But if you have 45,000 people all on a live stream sat there watching a TV countdown to zero... like
1: Honest On a Sunday evening.
0: <laughs> yeah, like on a Sunday <laughs> evening like when <laughs> times aren't exactly the busiest
1: yeah it's, it's crazy man
0: it, it kind of blew my mind like that's why I wanted to, t- to talk insane, about it today insane. I mean to say like to say that that was just a restock and usually they do monthly restocks I don't know what they're going to have planned next month like I don't know how they're meant to like stay on that level.
1: That? yeah oh my god like it, it is one
0: of those things where like I feel like obviously you've seen uh, proxy companies and bot
1: companies copy the same idea oh yeah, uh, yeah. the same yeah. Thing. Fly, do one flight mm-hmm. you know that kind of mm-hmm. thing but you know you, you can't beat the original what i'm saying you know <laughs>
0: yeah i don't think I don't think anyone can to be honest like and obviously there are there is like a very small void of criticism with that restock that is that the site like
1: but I don't think bear in mind man like they did like up the service before the drop, mm-hmm. so You know, they had everything planned in advance, but we did not expect that level of volume. Like, you know, it was a heavy dosage on the site. Like, Jesus, man, it was heavy. Yeah. You know, like people don't understand, like, how all that works. Like, now do I, to be fair. But, you know, like, surely you can acknowledge and respect that when you've got, like, what? 50,000 people trying to get into your site. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard to keep us stable. You know? Yeah, 100%.
0: Like no site is built to expect damage traffic. Because realistically speaking, to host a game of Pac Man that links to another link so you can have a chance to buy. Like, no site has ever gone that complex and hosts
1: tried it, man, you know what I mean? Like yeah. no one has tried like something that deep and that unique. So yeah. <laughs> but hopefully that like makes like a new standard for how, how you be creative on these releases. So all the competitors can take, like, a note out of that book and maybe try something a bit different and a bit more fun that encourages users to, like, interact fully.
0: Yeah. I definitely feel like that compared to going through Shopify and filling out your details and doing Express Checkout yeah. is definitely, like, oh, a PayPal's huge difference. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, there's obviously some people can be like, okay, it's simple, it's easy. You go through PayPal, boom, or you can host this entire event. And... um Obviously, interact with your uh, users, and obviously, all in all, yeah. But moving on to the second sector of today's show, and moving on to Peachy Pings. If you guys don't know who, what Peachy Pings is, it is a group owned by Curry. Uh, I'll leave a link down below if you guys want to go check it out. Obviously, like I said at the beginning, they do servers, they do proxies, they do slots, they do middleman services, and above all else, they were a very, very well known group. Now, what was the idea that sparked the creation of Peachy Pings?
1: Um, this is all down to Michael from Notify. Um, obviously, I know Michael quite well. We met a while ago through Cyber. Uh, turns out he's from my town. Um, when he made Notify, and, and we were speaking in the pub, and he was like, well, why? and I, I laughed it off like, nah, you know, whatever. And then um, me and some of the guys from Cyber, so Teddy, Neil, Brandon, Dilly, Charlie, you know, we all spoke about it. Like, why don't we do it? Like, why not try it? Mm-hmm. So we thought, fuck it, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And... Yeah, it went
0: okay. I think it's not bad at all. Yeah, I obviously it is one of the biggest groups out there. Their name, your name, is out there, and obviously loads of people have supported it. I remember when um, I remember when it first got announced because I was in the community then. I was uh, I was really interested to see how it go because obviously you have a lot of following from Cyber and you have a lot uh following from your persona really. So I knew that group was obviously going to get pushed out there and do well. But
1: not everyone's got the same level of like platform to actually use it as like to stand up and say right, this is the group so we were lucky to have like good at first obviously that like and obviously with our, our friends retweeting and stuff like 5k followers and stuff like that helped grow very very fast mm-hmm. you know so that was we were just lucky like having like all the friends we have and the, the followers we have really
0: moving on to the next question what were some of the challenges you faced with at the beginning of Pinks?
1: um fair thing was obviously like we we went in there blind, man. you know like mm-hmm. we knew what we were doing so we winged everything mm-hmm. so from finding developers to you know the off system um to even learning how to properly use a discord server you know yeah. so we went in there blind man with no fucking clue what we were doing and um yeah i think that was the, the challenge was just trying to work it out as we went you Know so we took about, I think it was a good three or four months before we even left beta where it was just all friends and family. So we spent a lot of time like trying to iron out most things we could iron out until we can go public. So we were just very lucky to have friends again, like you know, Connor from Express, he gave us a free off system to start out with, you know. So very, very lucky to do that. And then developers know like the M Gap team, so you know, pseudo Pidgey Pidgey Pidgey. Pigeon, I don't know his name, I can't forget. I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, them boys, man, like, you know, they had our from day one, which is fantastic because they're probably the best providers for Shopify and whatnot in the market,
0: 100%. Yeah. So, speaking on what you just said, obviously, you kind of winged it going into PG Pings, which is fine, it obviously paid off, but. When looking for people, when recruiting people, what were you looking for in people? Because obviously there's a specific skill set people look for, sometimes characteristics, sometimes it's background in a certain area. What were you looking for to bring into people to PGPings?
1: It was all passion, man. I just wanted people who were passionate about like what they were doing, you know, like you don't want someone who just sat there and half-assed and like, obviously they're, they're into the game, but they're not passionate about providing that experience to users and like showing people the ropes and you know like that's what you want. You want people to help people who've just started out. Mm-hmm. So we went for just passion, motivation, determination, hard working, polite, you know, just a pleasure to be around. You know, then obviously you want someone you can FaceTime at four in the morning and say, Hi, I need your help. You know, and we have that, which is incredible. Our team, like Jug, Small, you know, all the guys, incredible lot. Then our our helpers our um, support staff again crazy good bunch aren't you know like, just could not pick a better team 100% mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we got very lucky with who we picked
0: well obviously that's a good thing to hear anyone who is in Peach Pings, rest assured you have a very very good team behind you but going on to the next question going into making Peach Pings, like you said you did bring some elements of it what were some of the preconceptions you made going into the project that were wrong
1: <laughs> everything <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I think we just, I didn't realise how much work you need to put into it to make it sustainable, to make it work. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, you see kids now making groups, and that's it, you know? It looks like it's easy work. But trust me, man, like, we do fucking our nowadays, you know? Just... But we're all working, like, behind the scenes. So we're not in chat 24-7. We've got shit going on to sort out. And, like, people don't understand, like, just because someone isn't talking in the main chat rooms or in whatever, or in the voice chat, it doesn't mean that they have dipped, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of work going on behind closed doors that people don't fully realise, like, how much work goes into, like, these kind of groups. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, like, we've mentioned this before on multiple episodes, obviously we've had people from BOSS, like Jack, Michael, Sean yeah. from AD, and obviously, they've all literally said the point you just said, which is, um, obviously, two sides to a coin. The consumer can only see what you want them to see and then slowly as time goes on you slowly uh, move those doors back so you can bring out new projects and yeah
1: exactly
0: exactly. i feel like that is a good good thing because the consumers don't know what's coming and obviously if you are planning loads of stuff it's obviously just going to make their experience better so i guess
1: some things you can't even announce straight because you want to keep things under up whilst it's being worked because unless because if you start saying oh you ever got this coming on this stage and it backfires, and you can't get out for that date. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like, have a lot of people pissed off, you know. Yeah. So you've got to keep it under wrap. So until you know 100%, you've got a plan, and you've got to fix and you're ready for a certain timescale. But again, like people don't fully realize that they want to just things to be appear, be done there and then, pushed, updated, let it use. And that's not, unfortunately how it works. Like you know, you've got to wait.
0: Yeah, I guess there's always setbacks. There's always um spann in the works but i guess oh, definitely, the main, yeah. Yeah, i guess the main message for consumers to take from today's episode is that uh patience patience with products and services yeah. going on to the next question how has the success of pc impacted you as a person
1: um it's made me work harder it's made me like really appreciate like what i do for a living and you know like not take it for granted and obviously the whole work ethic, uh, work ethic side of it all Um, it's made me push myself and you know do like longer days and you know like bail on nights out or go to the pub believe it or not Um, (laughs) work you know oh yeah I've got this big thing on now I just get pissed all the time which there's some element to that I guess (laughs) but you know um, yeah I do a lot like obviously I just wish I knew how much went on for these kind of groups before I started them because then I would have dedicated a lot more time in the A days yeah because now we're playing catch up yeah. Up, you got doing a fucking incredible job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bristol world again.
0: Yeah, obviously you have to give uh, credit where credit is due. And uh, loads of groups are doing well right now. I guess it's always that constant battle of bringing out new features that no one's
1: seen before and trying Stay to in balance health. everything. Out. Pardon? Yeah, staying relevant too.
0: Yeah, staying relevant. I guess uh, it links back to the, one of the original questions we did talk about is that persona. I feel like, Every group owner, every bot owner, however far they're willing to push their persona and their social media presence, it does impact on the bot. Like, if you were to tweet something out about cyber or PG, we already yeah. directly associate that to the service and we, always, we already know, okay, we need to stay on this time for yeah. X amount of time. Yeah. So I definitely feel like uh, personas and pushing social media presence is definitely an important factor when it comes to these things now this question may be something you might not be able to answer but for the final question for PG, what is planned for PG in the future
1: um we currently starting to work on PG and toolkit which is like a copy generator um profile converter and a lot more that i don't really want to say mm-hmm. on, obviously on interview um then we're working on getting the PG app from ios back up to scale because obviously Tom's been out for an internship so we've been a bit of a knockback for that mm-hmm. and then obviously just keeping things going well you know keep pushing the brand keep pushing the name um trying to keep it as successful as possible ensuring our users are doing well you know buying a lot of stock making money but that's the end goal is to help people make money so yeah. hopefully yeah that's the plan man basically just keep pushing
0: Yeah, well, you guys heard it here in however many months time you you guys come back to this uh, episode, and obviously PT has released all this stuff, you guys know they've been working on it since now, and... (laughs) Yeah, like, to be fair, some of the stuff that you did mention has been in the works for a while, like, I remember, I definitely remember PTIO has been around for quite a while, like, the idea of it.
1: Yeah.
0: So obviously one thing to take from this is that they're not going to push products that don't work they're going to push products that will uh, uh, provide customer satisfaction moving on to the final sector of today's interview it is the Twitter questions we have three questions for today's episode we'll go ahead and say your name if you guys did submit a question and it was successfully put into the interview so for the first question how do you manage your social life as well as your responsibilities you have to your group and cyber AIO and that comes in from squeak turtle onto her
1: um, basically, you just focus on getting and fair, cyber priority, because that's my first job, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that comes first. And um, the group, obviously, I'm looking to have a team behind me who help me out with my workload, which is obviously ideal. So obviously, then that helps me cover all bases. And then for my social life, mm-hmm. um, I do see my girlfriend on the weekend. And then during the week, if my friends are home from work, I might go to the pub and a few pipes, and then that's literally like my life, you know, so... <laughs> Like adventurous so my vacations you see on twitter i like once in a blue moon mm-hmm.
0: well obviously it's nice to see that you have a balance there you have like uh ratios of time you have cyber set to one time you have your social life set to one time pt set to another time and obviously recruiting people in to help you with that that is definitely a good no
1: point like overworking yourself when you're like doing 20 hour days every single day it's going to just drain you like that's no way to live man you know yeah
0: I guess, obviously, in life, no matter how many responsibilities you do have, obviously, you're here to have a good time as well. So, having that balance is definitely a good thing. But moving on to the second question. have you ever been flamed for being a reseller in your personal life? This comes from T-O-L-G-A-55-T-R on
1: Twitter. And that's also a staff member in PG. Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, no, not really, man. Um, No, I don't think so, anyway. Like... Everyone's been pretty calm, but, you know, I never really had any, any issues about like reselling in general. Just the uh, normal Facebook shit where you get kids like, oh my God, you resellers are taking all my stock, you know, fuck <laughs> off. <Yeah. laughs> that's, that, that's it, man, yeah.
0: Moving on to the third question. What are your future plans for reselling? This comes from IOM LIT15. Um,
1: Keep avoiding cancellations. <laughs> <laughs> um keep
0: making money, man. yeah, to keep hustling. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's it. Keep hustling, keep going for these drops, keep yeah. selling out and see it takes. Eh? Well guys, I think that concludes today's episode, but before you go guys, we have an extra segment at the end of today's episode. So, before we get to that end segment, I want you guys to go down below in the description, check out Curly, check out PT. all those links are down below, check out Cyber down there. Check out Safar for creating the uh, Cyber video as well. And now moving on to the last segment
1: of today's video. Okay, Um. basically, you want to open up your Chrome browser or any browser. you want to type in futurepings.com uh, slash question mark, password equals, and the bot talk. Good luck. 25 copies live.